Welcome, friends, to Random Number 108. That's right, Roomies and Movies, episode 108. We got the weeklies we're going to be talking about today, as well as Inception for the best and worst list today. Um, theatrically, we saw Midsommar. Um, we also watched Headcount, and then we'll be talking Stranger Things Season 3 at the end, just because... It's only been out not even a week, and if people are avoiding spoilers, they can jump out that way. So, did you get everything watched this week? I always get everything watched. Oh, I guess you got caught up on Too Old to Die to where I was, and you decided to bail on it, huh? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just got nothing to say, and it just looks pretty. As well, what we've help, been like, saying to this point. <laughs> that episode was like an hour and 20 minutes and it did nothing but introduce John Hawk's FBI agent. It took an hour and a half to do that. I was like, oh, fucking kill me now. <laughs> I for- completely forgot it was an hour and a half. And yeah, now looking back on it, it's like, yeah, it was just really pretty and didn't do anything. So that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, um, so let's jump in. Looks like Spookies is still great. Uh, it looks like we're getting kind of a two-part episode, and then it'll probably, I'm guessing the finale will be where we meet the director and help her with the random werewolf movie that uh, Fred Astaire is helping write. <laughs> Whatever, man. I would totally watch a movie about a werewolf ballet parker. Yeah, 100%. I'm already buying a ticket. I'm looking at every day. Um, it's great seeing the show take off and get a little bit support. I'm seeing a lot more people picking it up and like just realizing how fantastic it is. Like, there's not many spoilers out there online. It's just everybody saying like you should be watching this show and you definitely should because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. I can't get over how weird it is. <laughs> so wonderful. Um, the demonic mirror was too much. Uh, well, that's the thing is, like, every episode, they, like, you're like, oh, it's just these weird friends who like doing spooky stuff. And then you're like, wait, no, this is just real magic and monsters and what's going on. Like, they just throw it in there and casually and just no one cares. <laughs> it's so good. It's so damn good. Uh, also, Tati <laughs> and her uh, side jobs. It's just insane. Whatever, I will always respond to people that I don't like the way that he responded to Toddy in the mirror story. He's just like, I'm not here yet. I'm running late. <laughs> Fucking watch the show. What are you people doing? It's so good. Um, to you Plus, pull- my, my favorite gag is the fucking... Uh, the sea demon who lives inside of him. And he's just she's like, I'll tell you all my secrets. You must watch the king's speech. It's so weird. Dude, I love it. All this is packed into a half-hour show, and it's just insane how good everything works together. <sighs> Come on. When fucking Tati's behind on her job, she's the second hand, and they're like, she's three hours behind, and no one knows what time it is. <laughs> All of it. All of it is perfectly and wonderfully done. Um, the neighbor? The neighbor? Yeah, so <laughs> subplot of the neighbor wanting to fuck Ronaldo. <laughs> And then gets turned down and then turns to um, the other lady friend. Well, it's great because she's like, I must move because I need to find a neighbor who wants to fuck me. And then when she does, she's like, I must move because 
everyone in this neighborhood knows I'm not a virgin now, so I gotta go to another neighborhood. <laughs> Fucking weird. It's like starting off fresh, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, so fucking good. So plus him, plus Ronaldo just being like, "I'm not interested. I only want to do whole right now because I've closed off my heart. And I'm not ready to deal with that trauma." <laughs> All so good. All of it is just wonderful. Um, from there, jumping to Euphoria, which I think you're probably done with at this point. Uh, are you not? I don't know. I considering it's only eight episodes, we're halfway there. It's really bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything good to say about it. That's for sure. Then why Uh, are you watching it? I don't know. It's I'm entranced by it. It's like that train wreck that you see, and you're like, "Shit, I've already seen the start of this train wreck. Uh, Let's see where it goes." I don't know. And like, I don't know why. I trust. I was just like, okay, Jules and fucking. Nader meeting. Maybe the show will trick me and it won't think. Nope, nope. He's just shoving his hand in her mouth and then he's going to frame her for child porn. Yep, exactly as awful as I thought it would be. <sighs> Man. Although the next episode looks as though she's taking control of it and she's going to turn the dad in for it. But, and how fucking awful is just everything about the character of Nate? Like at this point, he's. <laughs> Probably a closeted homosexual watches his dad's porn tapes, abuses his girlfriend, and threatens a transgendered girl. Like, it's just, he's the fucking worst. Like, he's exactly the character you expected when they showed him off and just being an asshole at the party. Um, with four episodes to go, I think it's Maddie next episode. Um, but it. I'm going to hate it because I bet you the last episode is Nate's and like we see why he has all these problems and like at that point why would we care because he's turned into an awful fucking human being. He was always an awful human being. He didn't turn into shit. Well I mean yeah I mean but eventually over the course of his childhood he's turned into this worst human imaginable. Um, I think it was an interesting look this, this episode at what Jules has gone through, I'm sure everybody or others have had that um, lifestyle change, and it's in it's weird to see HBO going this route. Even though this is this we've gone over this, the show was a Israeli show, and has gone over these things. So it's weird. Well, what's to weird is like in that like opening montage. I thought they were going to be like. Sending her to like you know like a Christian conversion therapy place where they try and beat the gay out of them and stuff, and instead it's just this comically obtuse and unrealistic mental health facility. It's just like I can't believe anything in this show because everything's heightened to eleven and nothing has any real sense of place. Yes, yes, that's that's a better point than I'm making. It is it is this extreme conditions scenario for everything it seems. Um and it's just it's it's depressing, hurt, damaged people doing awful things because they are damaged and hurt and it's like, it just the show is not doing anything in any way interesting. Essentially just high school. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Um Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing for it, but it's entranced me, and I hate it. 
<laughs> From there, um, the week, the DC weeklies, uh, Titans. We get to see Batman Safe House, and the interesting part to me for this episode was the different Robin dynamics because it feels very much like uh, Grayson is your vantage point for the Robins. And then the other Robin's definitely my vantage point where it's like, he's fucking rich. He doesn't have anything to complain about. And he just fucking goes around hurting everybody. Yeah. He's just like, I'm a spoiled asshole. I'm going to beat up the cops. And I was like, Oh, I fucking hate you, Jason Todd. And I always will. <laughs> it's exactly at that moment when he just started taking all the cops. It's like, Ooh, I get, I can't believe I vouched for you half an episode. It's like, well, I guess we're in this pool together because son of a bitch. Well, and there's also that part where, like, he sneaks into the bar and just immediately tries starting a fight with some dude. <laughs> yeah, that seems very Jason Todd from everybody I've heard of. Um, who was the original uh, Robin that died? Jason Todd. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I can't remember which one was the first, but I could see if he's if he's arrogant like that. Um, does he play off like he does in the comics? Well, it's weird because like Jason was always just kind of like this shitty little awful kid, and then he got murdered, and then they brought him back, and he was like a crime lord, and then they tried redeeming him as an anti-hero. It's just like, I don't fucking care. Just <laughs> let one of them die and stay dead. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, also, I was just head over heels about um, Starfire's costume change. Like, I'm glad they're bringing some color to the show with her. Because um, she just lights up the screen when she is there, literally. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward with that dynamic. I think it's only 11 episodes, isn't it, for the first season? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so we're in the back half. I know. Yeah, that, so right on. So, um, yeah, I I figured we were going to. Well, I guess next episode we're going to be learning more about Raven from the one dude. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, maybe who knows? Still digging it. I can see Starfire just blowing his head off because who cares? <laughs> of course. So, um, I'm I'm interested to see them be able to utilize their powers more. Um, Starfire just seems like this glass cannon almost. Um, and Raven has no control over whatever she has power of. And Beast Boy just needs to be able to change quicker. So no, he just he, he's he's naked. He can't take his clothes <laughs> off. Such a weird Considering they've figured out how to do other people's changes in comics, it's just weird that he has to get naked and change into his clothes real quick. It's just such a weird dynamic. Um, <laughs> from there to Doom Patrol, and we get to learn the original Doom Patrol. Yeah, and we get to uh, discover that maybe the Chief isn't such a good guy. Maybe he's not worth saving. Um, they've called themselves Doom Patrol before, like that first episode, didn't they? I don't ever remember themselves calling him that. I want to say Cliff did when he was like, we're going to save the world. I don't know. Maybe it, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was a real 
weird dynamic considering the chief set these heroes in this place just to keep them locked up because they became a burden on humanity, I guess. I just a burden on him. And, you know, yeah. like the, the guy who's running the place is like, yeah, he fucking locked him in here. He never comes to see him. He doesn't fucking care. Uh, Plus, yeah. and there's the, you know, the, uh, that he was trying to send Jane there. He wanted to get rid of her too. Mm, I didn't connect that till right now. It, it just felt like she was being tested by them. Um, but yeah, that makes no, sense. Remember the guy who runs the guy who runs the place when he got there, he was just like, Oh, your room is this way. Cause like he had it all set up for her already. Hmm. Fucking weird, man. But still fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, I like how they keep doing these little pairings and mm-hmm. send people off with different groupings, so you get this kind of different dynamics and get to jump further into certain characters. It's really odd how they're picking them too, because I would have never, if you would have asked me the pairing that I wanted the least, it would have been uh, Negative Man and Rita alongside Jane. Uh, because they just don't seem like they do much, but we get plenty of them out of this one. Um, yeah. Plus, you get to see Rita fucking suffocate that creepy film producer yeah. in the flashback. Yeah. Fucking too much. Um, it was interesting to see why Mr. Novi sent them there. Like, it seemed like it was going to be this. They're trying to get uh, whatever trophies they've gotten from them in the past but considering they never beat Mr. Nobody I think it was just kind of him showing that the chief has left other heroes behind um, yes and to try and turn them against him but you also get that sweet flashback with the butt balloon and the jukebox driving everyone crazy <laughs> this just too much at times and I love it it's so fucking fantastically weird so, so good. Um, and then from there to Swamp Thing, we uh, get a little Swamp Tracker. <laughs> in, a, in a really yeah. kind of strange episode. Um, yeah, it was kind of very disjointed. Like, I didn't feel like they knew what they wanted to do with their A or their B story, you know? Yeah. Um, like, you get... Uh, the blue devil is now getting tied into swamp things DNA or something. And you also get some fucking swamp hunters hunting, hunting him down. And like, whoever is going to see a fucking nine foot tall humanoid piece of plant and be like, I better shoot it. That, that's going to fucking solve the problem. <laughs> also right after you ripped a fucking bear, bear trap right now <laughs> not only a bear trap but one that was like 17 foot long it was ridiculously big <laughs> yeah but there's that dope moment where like he's punching trees to make the bark fly into their fucking faces like shrapnel i was yeah. like yeah you get them swamp thing fuck yeah um it was it seems like it's gonna come to a head with uh the uh sheriff son um and how he was tied to... It's really strange how they're playing that off because it's like, 
he's a decent human being, but he got trapped in this loop of Avery that kind of blackmailed him into uh, getting rid of Alec. But now Alec's this super being and almost seemingly can't be destroyed. So, um, with like what three episodes or no, they've got ten, don't they? So yeah, I think there's four episodes left. Yeah. It's, it's strange to see where we are yet, and there's seemingly no end in sight. Um, so. And I'm not quite sure where they're going yet either. I mean, obviously, taking down that creepy rich dude is, you know, kind of an end game, but everything else is very nebulous. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think we saw Susie. I don't think Susie's probably going to be in the show anymore. Doesn't seem like she has a part to play. She's just hanging out at rich people's plantation. <laughs> but I thought, oh, yeah, I suppose. I but there's nobody at the plantation right now, so it's odd. Mom is okay. Oh wait, no, she's still in the, hospital. in the hospital. Yeah, I'm sure she's out by now. She just went under to the swamp water for a little bit. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So and how cool. How cold-blooded was that last episode when he's going to go check on his wife in the hospital and she can literally see him and he's like, well, got to go take care of business first. Sorry, honey. He just walks away from her. I was like, oh, you are a shit husband. She's not going anywhere. And Especially because, like, it's been established that, like, she's the one with money, not him. It's, like, her family's money providing all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really weird dynamic, so. Um... From there, uh, let's talk Inception. We didn't have a worst list this week, so uh, we only went with the best. And Nolan's last great feature, Inception, is the one we're talking about this week. Why you gotta fucking (laughs) dig like that? (laughs) Listen, I had to look it up on IMDb. I thought Dark Knight was after this, but nope, this is the last one I liked of his. But you were fine with Interstellar. We just did it like four mm. episodes ago. It was all right. I mean, it still dragged quite a bit, but. And you're still fucking wrong about Dunkirk. I'm definitely not wrong about Dunkirk, and we're not, we're not doing that this episode. And also, <laughs> also, Dark Knight Rises is pretty great. Dark Knight Rises is not pretty great. It's pretty mm, awesome. It is. You're fucking dumb. Anyway, um, I did notice in this movie that. There's that sense of time, um, n- non accountability, like when they're kind of training to uh, get everything in line for this uh, flight, and like everything takes part over however many days to get everything ready. I mean, it's inconsequential, but it did have that moment that I hated from Rises where it's like months, months had passed, and we weren't told that so oh my god you were told you showed a fucking montage of everything happening in rises oh my god you need to watch that movie again no i mean the montage flows well but it's indiscernible how long it takes them like it it's like every other time i've watched i never really noticed it and like it seemed like it took them two days to put all this together which obviously is not the not reasonable, but um, it doesn't hurt the story whatsoever in this movie. 
where I mean with rises he's learning fucking to walk again which is not discernible in a couple days so I, I don't get why you get so hung up on fucking the linear you have to show time like you hate rises you get tripped up on it here kind of you hate it in game of thrones like it's who cares the passage of time i do you don't need to be shown that <laughs> it stands out to me for some reason um and like i said it doesn't really matter with this movie because all that stuff is discernible but this movie's fucking great and i love the cutting between the three different layers Uh, Oh my god, that last, like, 30 minutes when we're, like, four layers deep and we're cross-cutting between all, like, this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen that grossed, like, $800 million. Like, it's nuts that this movie was a huge hit. Because it's so fucking weird. Mm -hmm. I actually get down into it. Uh, Yeah, Um, and, like, the original, the backing off of the bridge like gives so much impeding danger like they're like literally it's going to either take seconds to for the fall and like they're showing it and cutting in like 10 seconds of this second drop and like it's like shit 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 we're almost out of time we're almost out of time and it's like it's really strange and fantastic how they did that um, yeah, you know, because they're literally like, it's 10 seconds in the lair with the van, which gives Arthur in the hotel three minutes, which gives us an hour. And you're like, fuck, this movie's so tight. Like, they keep everything. I don't feel it's confusing. Like, yeah. anyone who comes to me, it would be like, that movie didn't make sense. What's... I was like, no, it kind of does. For... Considering the other thing that I think is amazing is I'd say, like, 90 to 95 percent of this movie is just exposition there's really not characters talking to each other in any way that's not explaining the plot the mechanics or what they're doing no one really outside of like ellen page and dicaprio in a few scenes they're the only ones who really talk about anything in like a character level yeah everything else i'd say anything not concerning mal is all exposition but the yeah, mouth is the not- shit that is so frightening in all of this shit. <laughs> like the freight train out of nowhere and like the two characters that know what the hell that is is like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think it's it's a problem in all of Nolan's work. I don't think the the women characters are ever especially very strong. Again, here Mal is just a force to push Cobb and then also push against him as an antagonist. She's not really a character in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but damn, this movie is fucking great. Um, it is. Like, it's... And there's so much of it that's, like, nuts. <laughs> I get, like, uh... I don't like, think I ever... Seen... I don't think I noticed until this time that, um... Pages, the architect was coming up with a cityscape that was a maze. Um, yes. Which he had like the uh, like cardboard cutout 
of like the design and I was like, oh shit, like that's why she needed to be able to draw this maze that took so much time to do and like I always caught like the building of the stairs and the paradoxes and shit like that. But like to see it come together like that, it's like, oh shit, like this it added just a little bit more flair to this already great fucking wild ride of a movie. Yeah. And then like I said, there's also stuff like I don't know how deep you've ever gone down like an inception hole, Uh, (laughs) but like the idea, you know, like the, at the time kind of iconic and now super overused, like the Brahms and the trailer and shit, like that's literally the, the Edith Pilaw song that they're playing to wake them up, slow down. So like, as you go deeper in the layers, it slows down more and more. And that's the opening horns from that song. So then once you get to the credits and the song starts playing, it's your reawakening back up to speed, back to the normal thing. Uh, Also that that song is two minutes and 28 minutes. And this movie is two hours and 28 minutes. Like Nolan just fucking there's weird shit in here, man. Um, I like the idea that it's uh, the idea, you know, the whole base of this is, putting an idea in someone's head to try and get you know not even like in a malicious way to get them to do something but you're you're planting an idea of and it's like it's the idea of filmmaking itself and you know these are all actors and directors and photographers and set designers that's their roles you know Eames is an actor Cobb's the director you know she's building Ariana's building the sets and you know it's the idea of like what film can do and the ideas it can plant in your head and Super interesting. Son of a bitch. That's fantastic. I've never thought of it that way. And now I can totally see all of that. Like, makes so much sense. Also, this is like one of my favorite endings to a movie. It's like the very disambiguous, like, is it real? Is it not real type of thing? Um, Yeah. Considering how far he's come for all of this, is this all still in his head? Like, is he torturing himself because of what he's done? And like, so fucking good. <laughs> but yeah, I think the answer at you know when it first came out and I was younger and everything, it was just like, oh, is he still dreaming? And you can follow it to where like, why was he even using the top as the totem? Because that was Mal's, not his, so it shouldn't work for him. And when they're in, uh, when they're meeting Yusuf for the first time, and he goes to use it and he doesn't, you never see him use it again. So has it all been a journey? It was super interesting. At the end, I'm kind of like, that cut works because it doesn't matter. It does. He's not obsessing over the dreams anymore. He's moving on. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, he's gotten to a point where he's forgave himself to a point where he can just exist again. So, um, yeah, I agree. Um, the whole Mal character, though, the driven insane. And, like, did he... I mean, he obviously forced her to consider that um, this was all a dream to the point of her killing herself to get up a level, to get up a level, to get up a level. And um, when it was this quote unquote real world to continue on that and kill herself, and but also frame him uh, to make sure he did it too and then didn't. Um, I was 
when I started this movie, I was like, why doesn't he just pay everybody off? He seems like he could do that. And like, he even has that moment where he's like, I've been trying to buy my way back home. And like, this seems like the only way I can do it. So. Yeah. But then there's little like incongruities, like the idea of, you know, like Ken Watabe is so powerful that he can make (laughs) appear, but then he's also like, we're the last thing, you know, we're the only company standing against, uh, fisher's energy company and we can't fight him we don't have the money but you're like well you just you bought a fucking airline you literally bought an airline to pull off this heist yeah um it it was weird because i i read that as he was just as powerful as fisher um it was just that they had the upper hand and they would begin to steamroll him at this point so um they needed to pull off this heist to become their superpower so it's just like this idea where shitty people are using everything in their disposal just to become more shitty people yeah but i mean in the end like i, I know there's been people who like uh oh they're in a dream why don't they fly and i think you know like nolan keeps it grounded well enough that it makes it more interesting um well, i like I think, the idea that like well i think if they did fly they definitely like their head would definitely find them and yeah that's what i say he sets up the Mm. rules and everything so well you know anyone could be like oh we're making a movie about dreams and just go like off the deep end david lynch fucking terrifying (laughs) shit you know but literally just being like no i'm just gonna we're gonna have a bigger gun maybe (laughs) or you know just shit shouldn't work but then i like the idea of like that the levels are affected by each other. So, like, you lose gravity once they start falling from the thing. Even though it doesn't quite make sense why they wouldn't lose gravity in the third level, too. But Dude, that fucking... The barrel roll of the fucking man. And he looks behind <laughs> him like he just did something immaculate. And, like, everybody's still sleeping. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got shit to do. It's like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but, yeah. It's incredible. If you haven't seen Inception, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's not. Horrible. It's not my favorite Nolan, but it is Nolan's best movie by a mile. Mm, I mean, I'd put it up there. I think I still enjoy Memento more than this, but yeah, it's definitely a top tier one. So. From there, uh, let's talk headcount. And did you like that? Did you? Because the record needs to be known that you're the one recommending all these horror films. Listen, I'm not putting that on the record because you bring them to the table. I'm just like, fine. I'm fine with it. Let's do it now. I'm Uh, like, I need you. Because basically, I hear about movies a lot, but I always fucking forget. So I'll throw you a text be like, hey, don't let me forget this thing. And then you're like, let's watch it. Let's do this. So that is on you. That's fair. Um, I did like it. I, I, the way everything unraveled was really strange. Um, I also saw this after fucking seeing Midsummer, which was just put me on edge for everything I watched at that point. So it was just really, I just felt like I was watching it and I was like, it's fine. And, uh, I'm just watching and, uh, like Hannah was in the bedroom doing homework or something. And she walked out and she's like, 
ew, what the fuck is that? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you didn't see the creepy guy with the glowing green eyes standing behind them in the hot tub? I was like, wait, no, I guess I need to re- fucking rewind it because I didn't see that shit. Oh, yeah, that shit but, was everywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, God, like, I just got creeped out thinking about it. Like, when they're in the... When they're when he notices the five symbol, and, like, the person with the long hair, like, is right behind his shoulder, and, like, they both turn and look at Zoe. I was like, oh, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> this movie's so creepy, and, like, this is the kind of creep factor I was expecting with Midsommar, which def- which kind of wasn't there. Um, but, like, I'm, I was just ready for everybody to just start dying off. And then I remember you saying it had that, uh, it was a cross between coherence and something else, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll all survive, and, like, we'll get somewhere to where we can, and, like, just fascinated by the dynamic of these brothers that have only each other in, like, they're kind of Evan, the younger brother, is kind of pissing away the opportunity to hang with his brother this weekend. Like, we never really get their backstory or anything like that. I mean, it's not necessary, but, like, this feeling where he becomes, like, entrapped by this g- gang of people that, like, accepted him in for the weekend. Um, just fucking ridiculous. And, like, when they're walking through the house, like, this fucking movie, like, when they're seeing doubles of each other and, like, where the fuck did somebody go? And then when they start walking through the house with no lights on, I was like, no, let's just fucking leave, burn down the house, and walk away. Fuck this. Fuck I think all of this. Uh, the idea that I realized the movie, it, I don't think it was scary or anything. And I think it has some, like, pacing problems because nothing really happens until the rushed finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I understand the premise of the movie is working when, like, there's a part where uh, uh, everyone passes out for the night after the lights go out and everything. And one character walks out of the bedroom and I immediately start doing it a head count. I was like, there's nine people on screen. Is there a double? Is someone missing? You know, like I'm trying to figure out what's what I'm seeing. Cause they don't play it. Archly in any way, you know, like there's yeah. a double of the kid one time what, that in that great scene where they're playing uh, never have I, you know, and the camera's doing that spin. And he's literally playing along with them until they realize it's the double and yeah. shit breaks down. Also, this movie starts out from the worst possible moment for me. Like, it gives us that uh, Candyman legacy type thing where you, like, speak the name a few times and summon this and, like, you can't do anything about it at that point. And it's like, well, fuck all of them. Stupid kids. I also do, I do think it's... I do... I understand what you're saying, but I do think that's kind of a stupid idea that like this this demonic thing is fucking summoned because of a creepy pasta. You know, it's but like fucking... also I think they did the lore of it way better than the fucking stupid Slenderman did. Um <laughs> when he goes to look it up and like it's fucking glitching the computer and shit like that. I was like, you know what, I'm done with all of this. And like it still traps me and, like I don't know how he thought it was a good idea to like, hey, all this is shit we're experiencing. Let's go find some mines. And I was like, nope, everybody's gonna die. To hell with everybody. <laughs> and like he comes out and everything's in fucking pairs of fires. Like, nope, 
fuck you, fuck you guys, fuck you all to hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie worked well for me, and I was like, ugh, it just weirds me out so much right now. Just thinking back on it. So, although, like, I get it, you know, like it's a, a first-time director, and it surely didn't have like a great big budget or anything. But like, the creature design was kind of fucking lame and cheap looking. I wish they just kept it without just keep oh, yeah. double. Yeah, yeah. If they wouldn't or if they would have uh done the very blurry thing, but like when they show it off and it's like this lizard type snake type creature, whatever, and it's just like, well that loses all the ferocity that anything had. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah, up to that point it was just weird and creeping me out to a weird a very weird point, so. Um, the, the, so this didn't get released theatrically? Oh, I'm sure it had a small run, but I it was released on VOD simultaneously. Oh, okay. Well, uh, same, yeah. I think The Wind was the same way earlier this year. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. It was uh, kind of like that kind of release, so. And Under the Silver Lake from a couple weeks ago was that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you never said if you liked it or didn't like it. It's fine. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I, I I don't know that like I'd like run around screaming and be like, you have to go see this. Or, but, you know, if somebody was like, have you seen it? I was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think I've been like equating it to basically like if you kind of like the weird vibe of uh, the ritual. It kind of has that. Um, mm, that's another good one. I'd yeah. recommend the ritual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's the fir- the first go at it. Uh, but like, if you're looking at, like something in that vein, I think that does well. What? It's one of those things that like when I was trying to sell you on it, I'd be like, it has a coherence vibe, and then I'm like, oh fuck, like five people saw coherence. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I really like coherence, so I was like on board. Uh, even though you did this weird thing that's like, maybe it's not a horror movie, maybe it is. And I'm like, I'm fucking 80% sure it is now. You jerk. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, going from there then to Midsommar, the big release this week. <laughs> the uh, number six opening, which was above prediction, is the big release this week. Oh, really? Like, this this movie is fucking strange. Yes. Beyond all comparison. Um, well, I don't know that. I, I mean, it's fucking strange. I don't know if I'd classify it as a horror movie, really. Uh, it's definitely... Here's the thing. like, If you don't, you don't, and that's fine. I get it. And if you do, you do, and I get that, too. But it does show the malleability of the genre that you can say... Yeah. You know, Annabelle from two weeks ago and Midsummer and Headcount are all horror films and they're all different. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I've been seeing everybody it's... comparing it with Hereditary. They're like, man, you get that vibe. And it's like, <sighs> if anything, this movie's just made me super uncomfortable for a couple hours. <laughs> but I think that's, here's the thing. I haven't figured out if I like it yet. But the thing, <laughs> The things that I don't like about it are done on purpose so that I don't like them. So technically, it did its job right. I'm like, in the I'm, same exact boat. 
like I'm supposed to be weirded out by these people and I'm supposed to feel a lack of time because of the place they're in. And I'm not, I'm supposed to feel disoriented and lost. And I do feel all those things and that's on purpose, but also kind of puts me at a remove from the film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a very spectator movie. And it's like, I came out of it and was just like, you know, to hell with this movie. But also, I could very much seeing this being like a real thing that happens in Europe nowadays. Um, people like in, trapped in that like little chamber of time throughout history, whatever. But like, I was really expecting to see a fucking demon at the end of it. Like, the, they had talked like this was the ninth and final summoning, whatever. Um, and like, I was just expecting like this really low budget CGI. Of fucking demon cutting through the earth like in fucking good good omens, where the Satan just pops out and is like, "Well, let's do this some shit." Um, but yeah, uh, somebody was saying before I saw it that everything was basically foreshadowed the whole time throughout, and like they did a great job of like planning everything. Like I was looking at all the backgrounds and everything to get like these little details and shit. Um. I think the fascinating one is the little girl in the bear at the beginning, the painting she has on her wall. I was like, I have a feeling that's going to play into it. And it's like the way it did. It was like, this fucking weirds me out, man. Yeah. You get to see a guy sewed into a bear and then burned alive. It's pretty sweet. Fucking. It's it's almost too much. Um, And then the, the uh, runes article you sent me like was fascinating too. Like, um it's it's crazy the uh because we were talking about it afterward uh me and the person i saw this with like um considering nobody made it past 72 i think it was like everybody to only see this ritual once in a lifetime and like well that that depends yeah so do you really believe this is a festival that only happens once every 90 years or do you believe, like I do, that that is just a selling point to trick these people to come back with them so that they can be sacrificed? Mm. Because there's a difference between, hey, come to my little remote Swedish commune where we do this every year versus it's a great festival that only happens once every 90 years. You'll never see anything like it. Come see, back. And it'd have to be that way because considering you get that wall of the May Queen. Exactly. The, the pictures. And yeah, it's the like camera's only been around for like 150 years or whatever. So like, fuck. God damn this movie. Um, <laughs> also, I I do like that it is essential. And like at any point that somebody wants to argue the movie and be like, once... Once these old fuckers jump off a cliff to kill themselves and then they bash the one guy's brains in with a giant mallet because he didn't die, I'd be the fuck out of there. But that's the point. This whole movie is about a toxic relationship that you can't get out of and you stay way beyond where you should. So thematically, it makes sense why they wouldn't leave. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you have the two that try and fucking you see the one strung up at the end of it. It's like, goddamn. Um, Which... Uh, Kurt relayed like that was a real thing that Vikings did. Is like they played open the lungs 
and like made him wings at the end. Like, ugh, fucking. There's some really grotesque shit in this really maniacal fucking movie. Like, it just doesn't seem like much happens, but when it does, it fucking really strikes with vengeance. It's like, God damn. Yeah. The other also, thing I think. I, also, I'd um, definitely be done drinking or eating anything halfway through. Like, don't no, give me anything. Whatever. Fuck this shit. At that point, and, and at that point, they're not even hiding it. They're just like, it's fucking LSD. Take some. And he's like, fuck, I guess I better take it. <laughs> I just imagine my girlfriend spinning around that fucking pole dancing, or whatever, and be like, drop the fuck down now. Drop. <laughs> I was just waiting for them to start and like get like three rotations and everybody but her drop. I was like, oh, man, fucking, fucking A. And then uh, I'd say the other thing is like, <coughs> I like all the actors in it a lot. I really do. But like, I think in terms, you compare it to Hereditary, you know, like Tony Collette's character in that has an arc and, um, you understand why she does everything and she's a fully fledged character where I think Florence in this film is more of a cipher and it's just there as a little more less fully formed I think yeah but on that point uh, does an amazing job the whole way through like I wasn't expecting much and like she just fucking rocked everything she was in so well I mean considering 90% of what she had to do was scream and bawl and have him <laughs> break down for for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh but quite the change from fighting with my family, which was the last thing we saw her in. So mm-hmm. I think she's gonna be one to watch in the next coming years for sure. I, I think she's yeah. Black Widow, isn't she? What? I th- I wanna say that somebody said that she's the next Black Widow. Oh, I think she might be in the movie, maybe, but I don't think Clay. I don't know. Oh. Fair enough, but yeah, definitely going to be watching her. Uh, didn't we see the dude in something recently too? Yeah, have you? Do you remember what it was? I don't. It's on the tip of my tongue now. Uh it would be that movie called Kin with Dennis Quaid and the uh-huh. Alien Gun. <laughs> he was the brother. That's correct. Which again, like I know Jack Rayner from Sing Street, and he's fucking amazing in that movie. And I think he's really good in this one too. Mm-hmm. Man, this movie is all kinds of fucking crazy, and really mm-hmm. subtle, subtle amounts of crazy, to the point where like Stop. everything kicks off and it's like, well, fuck, everything's fucked. <laughs> some of it, you know, some of it you get like the like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre homage where uh, the guy gets bashed in the back of the head with a helmet or with a mallet and like they're wearing his skin, his friend's skinned face as they come at him, you know, like that's fucking terrifying. And then in the next part, you're just like, wow, now I'm watching this really creepy orgy thing and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're going to see Midsommar, you're definitely going to see it without our recommendation, but I think see it. It's it's weird, weird times. Ten. It's uh, <laughs> I was talking to my buddy about it. I I know I don't like it as much as Hereditary, which because yeah. I love Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels like that thing of where first time director comes out and makes a film like Hereditary, and it gets all this critical buzz and it makes money, 
And in their second film, they're basically given carte blanche and they mm-hmm. can do whatever they want. And they maybe go for too much. Yeah. It, it feels very much like he's kind of just testing the waters for some things. Like, I have a feeling like these uncomfortable moments are going to be reprising in it, in the next or the one after that movie. Like, he's just trying some things out right now because he can. But if nothing else, like, the dude has a command of, like, when to hold a shot just a little longer oh. than it should be to start making things feel uncomfortable. Like, yeah. there's times where, like, you should cut. You should have cut. Why? And the idea of, like, you know, he he's obviously homaging to the shining with like that shot of them coming in and the camera flying across the road, but he does that fucking amazing turn and turns it all upside down. Mm-hmm. So there's some great fucking beautiful camera work in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Good shit. So from there, uh, let's talk strange things season three. And did you like it better than season two because i knew the the sticky point you had with two was the i think it was episode seven that was just so out of place well not only was it out of place and you feel all narrative momentum by telling that story there was a lot of missteps in two mm-hmm. chief among them keeping 11 separated from the boys yeah. um it, season two is a piece of shit uh, I can gladly, I can easily say that, and I'll stand by it till the end of time. Season three is better, but that doesn't mean a lot. Yeah. I, mean, um, I still, there's stuff I have problems with, um, but they're indicative of what I liked more about it as well. They feed into each other. And then there's stuff I just have problems with outside of it. Uh, but I'll, but overall, if nothing else, it's propulsive enough that you can just burn through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've only binged this series, which is really strange. Um, well, that's I was like, I was thinking, I was like, they've had three seasons over like four years, and I've literally watched every season in one sitting and fucking been done with that and never gone back. Yep, pretty much. I I think I might have watched the first season twice, but other than that. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this season. I think the team-ups were well done. Um, the creature was ridiculous and gross and awesome, that, that form. Um, the way they did the people, it's strange because I think they have a fourth season and, like, they recorded three and four back-to-back, which will be interesting considering how this season ends everybody. With everybody well, like, I think, splitting up, kind of. I, I know they have more seasons, but I don't know if they filmed them back to back. I mean, it would be smart because those Man, kids are fucking. I fucking big. hope so because I just watched, uh, like, they did the hot ones with um, Gatton and uh, the other guy. And, like, they're grown up at this point. Like, <laughs> the one dude has a full goatee and everything. It's like. They didn't. They oh, yeah. definitely missed the boat. Because <laughs> I and mean, I, like you can even tell in this season they're they're filming their the wardrobe. They're putting them in a lot of big baggy clothes and making them kind of look smaller than they actually are. Yeah, and I think it was very uh, indicative. I think it was like episode seven or eight. Like it's really noticeable with Will in one scene. Like he's a lot taller yeah. than they're portraying him to be. Um, 
Yeah, he's like towering over Winona Ryder in one scene. But all good. I'm I'm glad how they explained this monster was sticking around from when the gate closed. Um, but it also runs into the problem that I have because I think the show should have been a one and done and just been done with it. Yeah. Uh, is that like there's they kind of told the story and they defeated the monster and it was all great. And now it's just like the same monster again. And now it looks like there's more Demogorgons again if they're doing another. It's just like I'm fucking over it. Like we've beaten them how many times? It's fucking be done. You can only yeah. make this so interesting. Yeah, but Eleven's lost her powers, so we don't know yeah. where to go now. The problem, the problem, <laughs> and that, and that's a problem. Okay, so like this season works more because they've they have cut out any even pretense of character development or interaction at all to just basically tell an 80s action movie Mm -hmm. so it's super propulsive until you get to the end and they're like here's the last 20 minutes we're gonna try and drop all this character work we haven't (laughs) fuck about forever right at the end and and everything that (laughs) everything that they do between hopper quote-unquote dying and 11 quote-unquote losing her powers and will and Will's creepy fucking brother and Eleven <laughs> moving away. They're all things that are easily fixed to go back to a status quo. Uh-huh. Like, I actually don't believe that there's been any significant change because I don't buy any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it's kind of annoying that... Uh, see, and this is the problem is, like, BSG, I knew characters' names out of the bat. I'm three seasons deep, and I know Will and Eleven, and that's it. Um, There's Will, Mike, Dustin, Dustin. Lucas, Max, Why the fuck doesn't Dustin have his front teeth? That's not a fucking thing that happens, and it really annoys the shit out of me. What do you mean? He doesn't have his front teeth. Yeah, he doesn't. Because he really doesn't have his front teeth. But, like, he didn't have them last season. Like, what a... <laughs> fucking teeth don't take that long to grow in. And like He has I'm... a disease where he doesn't grow teeth. Get out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> no. When, remember when, like, Steve's trying to get him into the air vent, and he's like, he has this disease, and it makes his bones all weird. Like, that... The kid who plays Dustin mm. really has that, and he doesn't have fucking teeth. All right, I stand corrected. Because, like, <laughs> I remember them showing off like he had these, like, chiclet teeth and then he just never had them again. It's like, so that was sticking in my head. And now that makes so much more sense and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird them pulling in, like, all these other subsidiary characters, like um, yeah. the one sister, just to go through the vents and everything like that. And, like, <sighs> man. I just really enjoyed this season for sure. Uh, I think it's definitely my second favorite. I mean, we've gone over it, but season two was such such a dumpster fire. But, um, like, when they pointed out, like, the cages were, like, kind of to trap the Demogorgons and shit like that. Um, but also Russia out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, not because they... In, like, the last season, when Hopper was 
worried about Murray and Murray was running around screaming about Russian agents and you know like they've hinted at Russia yeah and obviously it's the 80s so you do fucking Red Dawn everywhere um the thing I still don't understand between I don't say it so I liked in the first season the idea that like they were testing on 11 and these kids and it was 11's powers that ripped this gate open and like made the Demogorgon aware of this world and they came through because mm-hmm. once you get into more in season two and then Russia and this, I have no fucking idea why they want to open this gate and go to this fucking hellscape. Like what are they trying to do? <laughs> yeah. It, it was weird because it seemed as though the mind player had attached to this like general or whatever, but like we don't ever see him again. And like, he doesn't have a role to play and like Billy for the most part, is the uh, first contact with this player again. Um, I do like the that, you know, they're heavily influenced in going for, like, the invasion of the body snatchers and, um, like, Carpenter's the thing by the season. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, I hate shit like the one Russian guy who's ostensibly just the Terminator. <laughs> Uh, I love that it was very tongue in cheek where they even called him. He looked like a fucking Terminator. Um, yeah, just wild as shit. Um, um, I I like most of the pairings in this. Um, I like uh, the Scoops troops. Uh, that's great. <laughs> um, uh, I've mentioned to everyone else I've talked to, and now that I finally talked to you, that. Robin sounds so much like her fucking mom. It drives me insane and was like actually throwing me for a loop every time she was on screen. Um, is it Winona Ryder's a mom? No, her mom is Uma Thurman. And if you oh. fucking listen to her, she sounds just like her. I'm so glad I heard this now and that fucking before I watched the series because, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now that I, like, I can even see her face too. It's like shit. Yeah, it's Uma and Ethan Hawke's kid. Um, Steve is great again, but like, um, you get into the other group of kids, and it just. What really is weird to me is that they wrote uh, that scene between Steve and Robin where she comes out as gay, and he's all cool with it, and it's super great, and it's sweet, and it's awesome but then there's that scene where like will's getting mad because they don't want to play D and then mike's just like it's not my fault you don't like girls i'm like wait are you saying will's gay or are you just saying he doesn't like girls yet i need some clarification here if i can yeah to make this scene work yeah um just yeah that felt really shoehorned and like odd um um and then i like i still like david harbour but like I kind of don't like Hopper in this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's kind of a asshole, toxic, wannabe boyfriend. Yeah, like, it seems... It, they kind of broke his character from the get-go with this season. Like, yeah. he was just in I, scenes I just, because, like, just because of him. I could deal with, like, him being upset about Mike and Eleven. Because, like, you know the idea of a father not wanting her to go to 
you know, that's her yeah. reaching adult and beyond what he can do. I like that. I hate the shit of him and Winona and him like, you owe me a date and getting all mad at her and wanting to please all her boyfriends and every guy she talks to. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Maybe she's still upset the fucking Samwise Gamgee got fucking eaten by a demon <laughs> dog in front of her. Uh, yeah, it's fucking... The the most disappointing part of the season was definitely Hopper. And, like, the fact that they killed him off to, like, not make that any better uh, kind of sucks. But is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think half and, the town's dead, though. Yeah, and how at this One, I get that there was a, a carnival or whatever, but how did no one see this giant fucking demon monster <laughs> running around? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, fucking weird, man. Uh, so then, I think that's all I got for Stranger Things. Yeah, just watch season one again. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, this is fine. Watch the Scoop Troop stuff because that's the best. Scoop Troop shit is the best. Uh, also, when fucking Dustin returns and like him and Steve already have that connection, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's get it. Uh, <laughs> I do love that moment where. Uh, Robin's just like, how many children are you fucking friends with? Because like at this point, Steve's only friends with children. <laughs> Which I believe Steve's graduated, right? Yeah, they said like he's out of school and he can't afford to go to college, and and to have him run into all these middle schoolers. <laughs> They're like thirteen, maybe. Yeah, fucking yeah, pretty strange. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Liked it better than season two. It's it's still the same vibe, uh, so watch it if you if you made yeah. It but point. again, like I said, there's no way that by the end of the first episode of season four, that Eleven's not getting nosebleeds because stuff's starting to move again, and fucking Hopper's in a Russian cell. So like, there's no way they're just gonna. Oh undo yeah, all yeah. I forgot that they uh, played that game, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm on board for season four whenever it comes around. So, uh, Ben, what are we watching for next week? Obviously, the weeklies. Um, yep. We have Crawl and Stuber, theatrically. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, we've got for best and worst. Uh, for best, uh, we're back on the Star Wars train with Empire Strikes Back. Nice. Uh Unfortunately, it's again another week with no worse because I cannot find anything but an Italian dub on YouTube of it. What is it? Uh, it's called Turks in Space, yep. and apparently, it's a Turkish Star Wars movie. <laughs> I might have to search something out and see if we can't find that. But uh, would again, you rather found... go with uh, Jedi and just do the back two of the trilogy? Maybe because Jedi is one of the worst. So I know you hate it, and I really enjoy it. So let's do that. <laughs> okay, we can do that. We'll finish <laughs> off the OT, the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, we got anything else then? Mm, if I think of anything, I'll drop it in. Okay. But I think I'm. I honestly do think I'm forgetting something, but I don't know. Well, I think you were th- thinking maybe we do Jessica Jones, but it's up to you. Do what? Jessica Jones? No, we're going to hold off for a couple more weeks. Okay. Uh, Just by the time we get through, we should be through Titans and 
Swamp Thing about the same time, and then we can pick up Legion and Jessica Jones. Okay, that works. So yeah, watch all that stuff. Come back next week, and we'll talk about all of it. And I'm sure we're gonna fight about Star Wars stuff because Ewoks are the best. See you, peace, all that good stuff. Bye. <laughs> Ewoks are the worst. You fucking 